could you be so dark to evil? You're bringing out a side of me that I don't know. I decided we ain't gonna speak so Why we up 3am on the phone Why does she be so mad at me for Baby I don't know she's hot and cold I won't stop gonna mess my groove up Cause you already know how this one goes You run and tell your friends that you're leaving me They say that they don't see what you see in me Wait a couple months baby you gonna see You won't find nobody better than me Cause in the night I hear him talk Coldest story ever told Somewhere far along this road He lost his soul To a woman so heartless He goes by a lot of names St. Pablo, the Louis Vuitton Don Yay, Yeezy, Yeezus Today we're talking about Kanye West Welcome to Pop Culture Catechism, conversations about music, movies, and the longings of the human heart. Let's get started. Are you who you want to be? Does your mouth ever get you in trouble? Do you ever say the wrong thing? Do you ever say too much? Are you self-conscious? Are you too full of yourself? What if somebody from the shot that was ill got a deal on the hottest rap label around, but he wasn't talking about coke and birds, it was more like spoken words, except he's really putting it down? Of course, today we're talking about Kanye West. This episode I've been excited about for a long time. Ever since I started the show, I knew at some point we're going to do an episode on Kanye. I've just been waiting to find the right guest, and I found him. His name is John Levi. He's a hip-hop artist from Tampa, Florida. I'm excited to talk to him today. My name is Mike Tenney. I am a Catholic speaker and worship leader out of Washington, D.C. I spent over a year in Catholic high school education, uh, walking with young, young people on their journey of faith. And then at night, I was trying to make it as a rock star and win Grammys, which, uh, you know, didn't pan out in the end, but I'm happy to be doing what I do now, which is speaking to thousands of people each year through this podcast and live events talking about the love of Jesus Christ. This is Pop Culture Catechism, the gospel according to pop music and movies. And my hope for you by the end of this episode is not only will you have a greater appreciation of the music of Kanye West, but also you'll have some practical tips and strategies that you can implement into your life for how to live the gospel better today, how to know God's love and how to share it with those around you. Special thank you to our patrons who make this show possible through popculturecatechism.com and the Awaken Catholic app. I'd like to welcome to the show, John Levi. John, how are you, man? Hey, how's it going? It's doing pretty good today. Great. Tell us about yourself. I'm so happy to have you here. Yeah, just... um this average guy, <laughs> I guess that, uh, you know, product of the faith, um, uh, cradle Catholic just was probably really ashamed of my faith as a young kid, especially, a a young African-American kid. So, you know, um, uh, but it was the faith of my mother, uh, my mother's mother and, um, you know, grew up and eventually just would find myself just kind of, uh, you know, hard times going through, through different things and kind of like Kanye, right? College dropout, just feeling down and out and, <laughs> and then eventually just kind of finding myself and my purpose again, you know, through God, through Christ and the sacraments in the church, which was very radical. And I essentially had to go on the lonely road, but, uh, but sure enough, God had some cool things waiting for me on the other side and uh, decided to make music about it, put the music on the internet, and next thing you know, we're we're doing shows. We're doing shows in different youth groups all over the country. Myself with Foundation, and then sometimes uh, a lot of times solo as well. Mm -hmm. So just happy to be here. Love making music, and um, 
just I, I am grateful for 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 you and this show. So awesome. Thank you. And you're a father as well. I have, I have two kids, but you're also a father, right? I am. <laughs> so, uh, we welcomed our ninth child um, the last year and they, they keep me busy and going. So Amen. hopefully uh, that is some explanation why this show keeps getting pushed back. <laughs> yeah. Wild it, stuff, man. No, it took, it took us, it took us a while to get you. I think the first time I reached out to you, it was like the weekend that your wife had the baby back in the fall. <laughs> and I was like, okay, I'm going to touch base with him in a few months. when Things calm yeah. down. So I, I'm really glad that uh, this has finally uh, worked out. All right. So listeners, if you don't know about Kanye West, he is a rapper, started off as a producer making beats for other artists. His kind of big breakthrough was he uh, produced about half of the Blueprint album for Jay-Z in the early 2000s. And, uh, you know, H to the Izzo, that was his beat. Um, and then he started getting to, getting into rap. And there's a, a Netflix documentary on that on that period of his life that's that's uh on Netflix right now, if you're interested in learning more about that. But since then, he has sold 160 million records, won 22 Grammys. Forbes estimates his net worth at 1.8 billion in 2021. His uh, 11 studio albums, The College Dropout, Late Registration, Graduation, 808s and Heartbreak, My Beautiful Dark Twisted Fantasy, Jesus, The Life of Pablo, Yay, Jesus is King, Donda and just came out this month Donda 2. He's also done three collaborative albums, one with Jay-Z, one with Good Music and one with Kid Cootie. So certainly prolific over the past 20 years. One of the biggest names in hip-hop one of the biggest names in music and perhaps more known for his uh, you know, off the mic antics than he is as as much as he is for on the mic. His 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 skills as a rapper and a producer. He's one of these larger than life characters. One of these, you know, almost like somewhere between Michael Jackson and Dennis Rodman, you know, in terms of how controversial and larger than life he is. Um, so we're going to talk about Kanye West today. So, um, John, uh, I'd like to start off the show just talking about artistically, before we get into the the lyrics and themes and the spirituality of it all, I'd like to just talk about the artist and, and his art. So what about Kanye is just, what is he good at? Um, Kanye's, a great just conceptualizer like uh gosh man and pure lyricist he you know and i'll be the first to say i was not a, a huge kanye fan not really not really feeling it but what happens is he um he demands the attention and at <laughs> some point the the songs keep playing through your radio through wherever you're at and you're like okay and you, next thing you know you're singing along uh when you kind of dig down a little bit you find out that he is spilling his soul on all of his art. Uh, um, so, so yeah. And then just the way the concepts do come together for him, um, it makes him special. I know, um, say this real fast, I think uh, Dame Dash about two weeks ago said that Kanye is our generation's Michael Jackson. And that immediately <laughs> made some people think like, oh, heck no. So I think it's funny that you said, yeah, as prolific as Michael, but controversial as Dennis Rodman. Mm -hmm. But he is that. Just check the numbers. All of those things you read, that that is all him. That's a lot of work. Mm -hmm. So Yeah, well, and he, he talks about Michael too. And, uh, you know, even uh, that, that song Good Life that he did with T-Pain, it samples PYT. So he's like, there's a lot of Michael Jackson <laughs> influence in 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 what he's doing and i think he uh yeah so it's it's an interesting we'll do an episode on michael at some point so um 
I love that. Well, there's a couple things I like about Kanye. It took me a while to come around to him. I remember being in college when he first came out and like in the dining hall, they had videos playing on like one of the TVs. And there was this video that was a bunch of different Polaroids called Through the Wire. And it had this kind of like chipmunk singing like song from the 70s. And then this guy really like kind of mumbling as he was rapping and as I started to pay attention to it, I was like, there's all these pictures of like him with his, his jaw, like wired shut. And he had just been in a car accident. His jaw was wired shut and he wrote a song about it and he's rapping while his jaw is wired shut. It's called through the wire it was his first hit. And I was remember like, okay, there's something different about this guy. And you know, to, to go back to, early 2000s rap you know the the biggest thing in hip-hop at that point was you know dr dre's 2001 album with the big marijuana leaf on the front <laughs> and yeah. jay-z h to the izzo um talking about coming from you know and coming from the school of hard knocks it was it was very much coming out of the 90s gangster rap you know and eminem was just on the scene and i think both kanye and eminem who, who we also just did an episode on um they brought something different to the table where uh you know kanye's talking about being insecure I'm so insecure. And that that's like something that you, you would, you know, in, in, in that area in hip hop, it was like, no, I'm hard. Like I'm, I'm not insecure. I'm the man you're insecure. You're a little, you know? And so I think it, it spread both, both of those two artists, I think spread hip hop just in a, a different era. It was, uh, there was a different segment of the population that could connect with what he was going through. Um, so uh, his great collabs, I love. Uh, he has stuff with Jamie Fox, stuff with Maroon Five, Coldplay, Daft Punk, T Pain, the the Weekend. He's just great collabs, and outside of hip hop, I think he's he's you know reached into other genres. So that's that's really cool. So those are, those are some things I really like about Kanye, and we'll we'll talk about this. But I love that he is as as weird as he is, <laughs> and as like messed up as some of the things that he says and does are. He's like unashamed of being Christian, you know? Yes. And he's not afraid, not afraid to talk about that. And I feel like in most music, spirituality is kind of segregated, you know, it's a little less so in the hip hop world, you know, they'll talk about God on their liner notes or in, in, in some songs, but I, I feel like, um, th there's not really any other artist that in his mainstream stuff is talking about God as much. Um, so that's pretty cool. <laughs> yeah. Oh yeah. Uh -huh. Yeah. I th thought it was, uh, Interesting, because if you look back at it, uh, maybe he brought these things to Dame Dash and, and Rockefeller and said, you know what? One condition. And if he took even a moment to say, I want to be able to mention Christ, like in my music, that's huge. I mean, that's taking a stand that no hip hop artist like really did up until he came around. So, yeah. <laughs> I mean, not, not mainstream. So, but, uh, but yeah, and he kind of touches on it in like Jesus walks, right. They say, mm -hmm. you can talk about anything except for Jesus. Mm -hmm. And that's crazy because I've always heard those things. A lot of us have heard those things about the mainstream artists that there's some things in their contract. They just cannot get into. Wow. So, yeah, it's even contractual. I didn't realize that. <laughs> yeah. Oh yeah. Wow. It's crazy stuff. So, yeah, I love I love that that part in Jesus Walks that you were just talking about is like, but if it takes away from my spins, then I hope it takes away yeah. from my sins. Yeah, man. <laughs> it's like that what? is a good I think that's line. What caught my attention. That's when I was like, okay, you start saying stuff like that through the radio, uh -huh. and at that point, I had already I dropped out of college, so he was it, he, kind. Of, it was kind of annoying for me because he was actually talking about like what I was going through personally, and and, mm -hmm. and millions of freshmen who drop out of college, and it was like. You know, what does this guy know? He thinks he's all that. Okay, yeah, he's rapping. He's still not as cool or flashy as the other rappers we're used to. Mm -hmm. But sure enough, he was saying stuff of substance. Um, 
and during that time when I dropped out, I came back down to Tampa. I was working in a nightclub here in Ybor City, and um, and I just remember here it was actually playing in the club. We're dragging people out of the club, and Jesus Walks would come on and stuff. And I'm like, how did this guy manage to get a song about Jesus? In the club. <laughs> yeah. Jesus. Next time I'm in the club, everybody's screaming out, Jesus. Yeah. Well, yeah. And they were screaming. It was crazy. Uh-huh. Yeah, people with their drinks and going nuts in there mm-hmm. screaming, Jesus. And I'm like, this guy is nuts. Like, uh-huh. I couldn't figure him out. I think that was the biggest thing. So That's cool. For those of you who haven't been hung out in Tampa, Ybor City is kind of like the nightlife area. I've hung out there a couple times myself. It's a, yeah. it's a cool place. In D.C., we got yeah. Adams Morgan as kind of the equivalent. So, yeah. That, that's that's cool. I, I um, You know, and he... He t- you were talking about, you know, he wasn't wasn't the flashiest. He, he kind of broke the mold in a lot of ways of what a hip hop hip hop artist was. And in that song, All Falls Down, he says, man, I'm so self-conscious. That's why you always see me with at least one of my watches. He's like talking yeah. about I can't even go to the grocery store without a without a shirt that's clean and some shoes, you know, like he's <laughs> so he's talking about the, the self-consciousness behind it all, which is, is interesting. We see and maybe this would be a good place to transition into some of the um, spirituality of it is. um Let's let's throw a picture of Kanye up there if we got it. Yeah, there he is, Mr. West. Um, I, I I there's this interesting juxtaposition in his music of he's vulnerable and he talks about things that he's insecure about, but yet at the same time, man, he'll be he'll say things straight to the camera with no irony and be like, "I'm a god. I am the I'm I am the best." musical artist of this generation Kanye forces you to make a decision yeah do that's you accept true. the good bad and ugly with him because mm-hmm. you love the music everyone sings the songs but then yeah he'll, there'll be a sound bite and you're like dang do I do I disown him now <laughs> <laughs> yeah there's there's definitely uh um you know, and, and I think I think he's shared even some about his his struggle with mental illness. So there, there's some I think there might be some something going on there. But there there you're right. He he forces you to make a decision, kind of like <laughs> kind of like kind of like Jesus in a way. <laughs> you know, he's like so so shocking that it forces you to, to to have some sort of opinion to make some sort of decision. So here I have some pictures of him. The famous uh, picture of him uh, taking the MTV Music Award from Taylor Swift and saying it should have gone to Beyonce. Here's him at his Sunday service with Justin Bieber and a whole gospel choir holding church services and stadiums with thousands of people. And then there he is in his tux uh, with Jay-Z, um, which is kind of his, his gateway and how he got into uh, how he got, he got big. So um, my favorite Kanye song, uh, this is off uh, either his first or second album. It's called can't tell me nothing. Uh, and it, I think it, it encapsulates this idea of he's 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 braggadocious and he's in your face and he's arrogant, but yet he also has this vulnerability and this insecurity that he's struggling with and he's not afraid to let it show. Um, it starts off by saying, I had a dream I could buy my way to heaven, but when I awoke, I spent it on a necklace. I told God I'd be back in a second. Man, it's so hard not to act reckless. And just this idea that oh, I had a dream that I was going to heaven. And like he, he talks about God so openly. And then he's like, but actually what I did today when I woke up is I went and I bought this expensive necklace. <laughs> um, I, I, I feel I, uh, to whom much is given, much is tested. Get arrested till he gets the message. I feel the pressure under more scrutiny. And what do I do? I act more stupidly. I bought more jewelry. <laughs> My mama couldn't get through to me. Um, the drama, people are so in me so there's there's this idea that uh, again he's he knows what he should be doing 
And he, he has this vision, like he knows God and he knows Jesus, but yet when it comes to his daily life, he, he, he keeps getting caught up in, in, in the money, in the, in the image of, uh, of it all. I don't know. I've, uh, I know I, I can struggle with that. Um, yeah. Try it. No, knowing the right thing. Sure. But it's hard to live. I don't know. What do you, <laughs> do you have thoughts on that? No, that's, and that's crazy. That's there's, he's got so many verses just like that. And that's the crazy part. It's like, this isn't like some one-off deal with him. This is this man's like conscious. It, he is educated, right? College dropout or not, the man <laughs> is educated. He's an intellect. Let's be real. Like it's uh, but what he does though, yeah, it's like uh, he brings you up here, like he said, like talking about heaven, a relationship with God, and then he'll say a line and it brings it right back down to earth. Um, and it's materialistic things or you know women or whatever it is. So, so like it's yeah, man. No, he's uh, he's an. I don't know. He he is a genius, as they say, mm-hmm. um, because you don't see many people who can just kind of <laughs> tell that line here. Mm-hmm. So it remind it reminds me. There's that scripture verse from this is Romans seven fourteen. I am carnal, sold into slavery to sin. What I do, mm-hmm. I do not understand. For I do not do what I want, but rather I do what I hate. Like that's Saint Paul, Ooh, straight out of the New yeah. Testament. <laughs> And that's, yeah. and that's, that's this song that that's Kanye. And now, now I worked with young people for a long time. You've also worked a lot yeah. with young people in Catholic education. Um, may, you know, so let's say a student comes to you and says, I know I'm not living the way I'm supposed to be, but I don't, I don't know how to change. Like what, would you have any advice for a student that came to you? And- <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no, I know, that's a big, I know that's a big question, but. Yeah. yeah, those are the moments that make me stop everything I'm doing. And it reminds me of why God has me where, where I'm at. And, uh, but yeah, that question comes up. I don't, I don't know, a handful of times each year, different students, but, but when it happens, it's like the world just stops. Mm-hmm. And I realize that th- there's a moment for, for us to, to bring God into the equation. Uh, but when they're struggling with it, it, it's just really a message of never giving up. Whatever you do, never shut the voice down completely. That, that's the biggest thing because the day will come where it makes sense for you to fully respond to him, uh, you know, with everything you have. So, um, so there's that, obviously there's a whole conversation you can have about, uh, in God's timing, but, but, but yeah, those are deep things. When a young person brings that to you, mm-hmm. uh, and, and I tell that to any adult, if a young person brings that to you, just you keep them in prayer because the, mm-hmm. the, the day will come. So, yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. I, um, I think sometimes something that that I I often see young people struggle. It really everybody struggles with this, but you know most of my ministry experiences with young people is they have this idea that holiness is they, they have they have kind of this fake pious image of holiness where it to be a holy person you have to buy, kind of be this cookie cutter, quiet, meek, you know never makes a mistake. Um, praise all the time. You know, I would, I would often ask students like, who's the holiest person, you know, and 90% of them say their grandmother or their religion teacher or their, not, not, not me. One of the other religion teachers, <laughs> most of the time, every once in a while I'd get one and I'm like, yes, thank you. My pride feels better. Um, <laughs> but pretty much uh, like it's, it's often seen as like faith is for somebody who's old, somebody who's quiet, somebody who doesn't do a lot. Like that's, that's kind of, I think the the fake image that I have and I, I love, I love what you said about that, that never giving up and just like realizing it's a journey, right? It's not, 
it just because things aren't work happen for you right now, like never giving up. There's a um, one of my favorite quotes is uh, I've I've used this on the show before, but um, from Pope Benedict, he says, "Holiness does not consist of not making mistakes or never sinning. Holiness grows." with the capacity for conversion, repentance, a willingness to begin again, and above all, with the capacity for reconciliation and forgiveness. Ooh. Yeah, that's, that, <laughs> that's fire. <laughs> yeah, man. Uh-huh. See, wow. No, um, I read, there's a priest back when I was starting to come back to the faith, uh, mm-hmm. and I remember in his homily, he said, essentially like a prize fight. Like, you only lose when you stop getting back up. Like, Ooh. that's the only time it's over. Mm-hmm. Like, uh, you know, if you're fighting, you're actually winning. As long as you're swinging back, <laughs> mm-hmm. <laughs> you're actually yeah. winning. And then, um, but so, yeah, that always stuck with me. And then the, the other thing I think Pope Francis said, God does not get tired of forgiving us. We get tired of asking for forgiveness. So that Ooh. was another dagger. It hit me right in the heart. And I was like, so that's another thing I'll share normally with, with the students and, um, and yeah, they realize, okay, I just need to keep coming back. Cool. If that's the only thing you take from my advice, we're good. Yeah. <laughs> so, say, say that Pope Francis quote again. Yeah. It said, uh, God does not get tired of forgiving us. We just get tired of asking him for forgiveness. Wow. So that's, I'm going to tweet that. <laughs> oh, so, yeah. That need, that need, we need to get a hashtag on that. That needs to go viral. Yeah. And that incident and with Kanye always coming back to God, that's why you can't totally be done with him mm-hmm. because he will come back to God with a totally pro- profound verse, album. And you realize, okay, the, the man, you know, he's got the equation down. Mm-hmm. Jesus died, suffered and died for all of us. And, you know, and we have to just keep that at the forefront of our minds. So, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. yeah. And I, I, you know, it's, it's hard because like listening to Kanye, like there is, there is so much depth to so much of his lyrics. And then sometimes he does just weird stuff. And sometimes he does go into the, like the more, the more kind of mainstream hip hop where it's, he's just, you know, you know, talking about the girls in derogatory ways, um, you know, just the cars and the money and the N word and, and, and all sorts of stuff. And um, it's, it, so it's, it, it, it does, there's definitely this juxtaposition and um, well, okay. So, so I'm curious about this. So I worked in a Catholic high school for over a decade and toward probably the last five years I was there, there was a big demographic change in my high school and it was always a pretty diverse high school, but it, it became probably from 60% white to probably 70% African-American and something that, and that was, I, I learned so much in that time, <laughs> so much I learned, I learned, and I'm, I'm grateful for that experience. Um, one of the things there was, there was one day there was just two guys in the hallway and I knew them both, both good kids. And, <clears throat> but they're like referring to each other by using the N word. And I'm like, okay, here, I, here I am white teacher. And like, you know, me growing up as a white guy, like that's a word you never say. Like that is worse than the F word calling someone a mofo. Like that is like, like that's what I learned growing up is like, that's like the worst thing you can say. And then here I have students and I'm in a supervisory role where I'm supposed to correct them. But then it's like, this is like, am I the one to make this, to have this intervention here? So I'm wondering, like, can you, what, what, what do you do in that situation? What's your, what I'd love to hear just your perspective on this. Not, not that, not that you have to speak for all African-Americans out here, but just, I'm, yeah. I'm curious your perspective. Yeah, no, totally. Um, so this actually came up not maybe about a week ago or so with a student in our school and, um, it was he himself, the African American student, the priest, and then they both came to me for an answer. <laughs> and it's, it's so much more uh, uh-huh. complicated, you know, than than that. And 
Um, but yeah, no, the, the N word is is rough. It's rough, right? Because I mean, there's two ways to look at it. Is it used as a term of endearment? Absolutely, it can be. Mm -hmm. But shoot, you can listen to any hip hop music dating back for a long time, and and it also is used to refer to someone you you about to do something bad to, right? Mm -hmm. So it's like it, it, at some point, there's no. I mean, there's different contexts that it can be used. But what what I basically challenge people on, and this is for anything, any word or, or anything that may be a little questionable, is that if you can't say it at work, if you can't say it everywhere in front of, you know, maybe some people can't say it in front of their family, but if you can't say it at work without getting yourself fired or something crazy, it's probably something, you, you know, you want to eliminate from your vocabulary. So, um, and it also depends. I mean, maybe you grew up in a neighborhood where everyone uses it and that le legit becomes part of the vocabulary but then you may have been raised somewhere else. So what happens when those two people, one who used it and one who did not use it, meet somewhere, like at the workplace or somewhere else? Yeah. And one refers to another person as the N-word. Yeah, you feel like you're, you know, uh, a term of endearment or that you're being accepted. But at the same time, you're not going to necessarily return that that word to that person. So, yeah. so the N-word is, is, is very interesting still. 2022, and it's still one of those things. But for me, easy rule of thumb is that if I wouldn't say it like... Um, at a workplace or or anywhere, it really has no room in like in my vocabulary. But I, I totally get it though, because if someone were to come to me and they say, Big John, my end, this, that, or the other, I completely understand where mm -hmm. they're coming from with it. Yeah. Right. Uh, so <laughs> no, that's how like yeah, that's a bit more So yeah. when I so something that makes me think of is oftentimes with, with young people, I'll have a discussion about um I would have a discussion about like profanity and the use of profanity and uh, one of the things that uh, some some kid that always thinks he's smart always says, "Mr. Teddy, what's the problem? They're just words." And <laughs> and what I would what I would do, which is maybe 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 you know a little controversial, but I would say, "Okay, they're just words." I would go around and I would write an N on the board, and then I would turn around and look at the class, and then I would turn around and write an I on the board, and I turn around and look at the class, and they're already freaking out. And then I would write some <laughs> other word like Nike or something like that. It was like I wrote two letters that weren't even a word, and you guys all started freaking out because you know like words have power. You know, just because you thought yeah. that I might write it on the board, you guys were flipping out. Like that's the power of words. Words have meaning, and mean me like words can cut to the heart you know yeah. um so and uh there's a there's a scripture ephesians 4 29 that says something along these lines it says like um let nothing impure come out of your mouths but only that which is good for the edification or the building up of of your brothers and sisters and so that's what i would always share is like my rule of thumb very very similar to, to your your very practical advice if i wouldn't say it at work is is the words we use should always be building people up not tearing t people down and like so so i kind of hear what you say like if somebody comes up to you and, and and says that word with endearment like that's building you up and everybody understands that right exactly and so exactly. now yeah. now where one of my students <laughs> who is really really smart this is one of my honors seniors he's like but mr tenney what if i went to my mom and i was like mom i effing love you <laughs> <laughs> and I was like, well, I want, and I knew his mom because we like met at conferences. I was like, what, what, how would your mom feel about that? He's like, okay, good point. But, but I think he's on to something is yeah. like, like my wife and I 
Like I, I, I don't, I don't curse. Like the only place I curse is like my wife and I when we're like joking around and being silly. Like if I'm like complaining about something, she'll be like, "Well, maybe if you weren't such a little bit, you know." Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and it's like, like it totally breaks me out of it. Like I know it's totally, um, <laughs> I know it's totally meant in love, and like we just laugh about it, and it's kind of our our code for like you're taking yourself too seriously, and it's like it's all right. I'm here, I'm here with you. Like we can laugh about this. It's gonna be fun. And I, and I, I do the same thing to her but it's weird it's like the only person i cuss at is my wife but it's like never in anger it's never in frustration it's always just and it it builds us up you know it's a sort of intimacy so anyway so that's that's kind of for my own examination of consciences i use that ephesians 429 for should i say this shouldn't i say this and you're right it depends on the context depends on the relationship so yeah there's another one uh the the matthew 15 it said not which that goes into the mouth that defiles a man but which comes out of it his mouth that defi- defiles him. And I think that was the day I realized that foul language for me, I was done with it um, mm-hmm. because we have to render an account for every word that comes out of our mouth. But, yes. uh, but like I said, some people may have a more limited vocabulary to express certain things or emotions and you have to be patient with those people. So, mm-hmm. um, so yeah. Yeah. Well, and words, words have multiple meanings, right? Like, yeah, yeah. like Michael Jackson is bad means two different things, <laughs> right? And yeah, so yeah. like Michael Jackson's bad. I mean, I don't like his music or Michael Jackson's bad. Like he's bad. All right. So it's, cool, it's, yeah. it's, it's cool, you know? And so when my wife, when I'm freaking out, she says, well, maybe you shouldn't be such a little B. Like she's not real. like, that's not the meaning. It's not the mean meaning. She means she's, she's expressing in other words, like, I love you. And you're going to be fine. And this is really not as big a deal as you're making exactly. it out to be. And like, we're going to get through this together. So exactly. um, and the N word just has way too many. Like, it's possible. so, it's so, <laughs> there's, su- there's it's such, not worth it. There's it's so, a slippery yeah, slope. it really is. Yeah. There's such, a, there's so much pain and history wrapped up in it. And there you yeah. go. The pain mm-hmm. and history alone, it's enough for me mm-hmm. personally not to use it. And, and, and it should be for most people, but mm-hmm. like I said, we, <laughs> won't tell the next man what to do, but yeah. Uh, uh-huh. <laughs> so. Let's let's go a little bit more into Jesus walks. So he starts off Jesus walks by saying, "Yo, we at war. We're at war with terrorism." This this came out like 2004, so not that long after uh, 9/11. We're at war with racism, but most of all, we're at war with ourselves. We're at war with ourselves. What do you what do you think he's trying to say there? <laughs> I'm telling you, man, I wanted to change my life when I heard this song. I was like, <laughs> it's like God's following me everywhere. Stop. Uh-huh. <laughs> but uh, no, yeah, this is, I don't know. Maybe, maybe he was just kind of laying the groundwork to let everyone know where he was coming from. But this is correct. We're talking about the, the battle of sin. It's, it's, it's that simple, that black and white, um, because it's something that doesn't end. It's not a little battle. It's a bunch of tiny battles, but there is a bigger war. <laughs> Um, and, and sin is the root of it. So, um, well, and it, it makes me think of, of, of Jesus too. Like so many people expected Jesus to come and be like Moses throwing plagues or being like David cutting the heads off of giants or be like, you know, uh, Judas Maccabee, you know, kicking the Greeks out and purifying the temple. Like there's so many of those old Testament anointed chosen one figures yeah. that do use violence that do use the, the more quote unquote worldly means. And, um, you know, God was using them in his, in his own way, in his own plan, in his own time. But then Jesus comes and he's this podunk guy, carpenter's son from the, you know, the middle of nowhere, the, the, the boondocks of Nazareth and riding in on a donkey you know, healing, healing the Roman centurion servant, uh, you know, speaking to the Samaritan woman, 
like talking to sinners and tax collectors. Like he, he, he didn't come in and throw down the way a lot of people were expecting him to and the way a lot of people wanted him to. And I, that's, that's part of what I see here is he's like, okay, yes, terrorism, big problem. Racism, big problem. But there's something where it starts within, right? Like the root of terrorism, the root of racism, it, yeah. it starts, it starts with an inner where there's this, um, uh, I'm, uh, I've gotten into Thomas Merton recently. My friends for years have been saying, you got to read Thomas Merton. You got to read Thomas Merton. And I was like, yeah, okay. But I finally like read some books and, uh, he has this quote. He says, if you love peace, then hate injustice, hate tyranny, hate greed, but hate these things in yourself before you hate them in another. Like it's, it's kind of like a, it's, I think it's a more nuanced, better way of saying like, um, like peace starts within. And like love, love, love the sinner, hate the sin. Like there's, there's got to be this peace within you that then you can extend that grace to another person, and like then, then you're in the right place to be able to handle the exterior evil. Um, you know, and, and Jesus says a similar thing about the, uh, the eye. The uh, I'm drawing a blank yeah, the on beam. The, the, the beam. The beam in your eye. Yeah. yeah. Uh huh. Take the take the beam out of your own eye before you get the plank or the the splinter out of the other people's eye. So yeah. So uh, I would say like Kanye, he kind of was doing the Christian rap thing before Christian rap, like really kind of gained traction mm-hmm. big time. Because what it is, is if a lot of songs that I've written, uh, it's really me accusing myself. It's almost like going up to the confessional and it's, it's, it's the good me, the good conscience telling the bad me, like, dude, you know, everything you've done to get land here again, um, beg for mercy. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Uh-huh. So <laughs> yeah, for sure. Yeah, the, the the confessional booth and the studio booth. That's interesting. There's an interesting... Uh, I have a song about it called Unleaded. It was on my first album a long time ago, a long time ago. This uh-huh. is called Unleaded. Um, I'm still shaking sins off in the bulletproof booth, meaning nothing could penetrate that booth. Mm-hmm. Uh, so basically how you feel like the lead weight is taken off of you. Oh my gosh. Once you do confess. And yeah. you fly, you're light as a feather when you fly it out of there. So, yeah, a song called Unleaded. Yeah. And then it talk, talks about rapping in the studio booth, but that booth is powerful. Yeah. Professionals um, <laughs> all over the world. So, <laughs> yeah, there's something, there's something powerful that I think, you know, our, our church and our Lord were, have been onto for a long time. Again, the power yeah. of words. Like, there's, there's a big difference between being like, okay, God forgives me. And then like going and reconciling and being like, yeah. here's my sin. And then hearing somebody speak back to you, who's like the priest, you know, anointed as the minister of the sacrament says yeah. like, go in peace. Your sins are forgiven. Like there's a real power in that, you know? And if, and if, if, if you've ever had um, a, a beef with somebody, if you've ever had a disagreement with somebody, with a friend, with us, with a spouse, girlfriend, boyfriend, parent, whatever, like, you know, there, there's a difference between knowing that person still loves you and actually having the reconciling conversation and saying, yeah. this, this is what I've done wrong. Yeah. Please forgive me. You know? Yeah. I had a uh, gentleman mentioned the other day, he wasn't Catholic or anything, but he said, you know, God knows what I've done. I've confessed to him. Or I know how to go back to him and I just tell him what I've done. But there's a reason God told the apostles physically to confess your sins to one another. He, like you said, he was on to something long before uh, mm-hmm. <laughs> it would ever be done. But yeah. you know, and he breathed on them, receive the Holy Spirit, who sins you forgive. So, really, there's no way around. It's too easy. It'd be too easy to lay in your bed every night and say, "God, I'm sorry." Da 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 da. Now you should do it to examine your conscience, mm-hmm. but. Um, but it'd be too easy to, for especially for the big things, for, mm-hmm. for you to just say it in the silence of your own uh, home or room, 
No, it's much more difficult to confess those things mm -hmm. to a, a human being or a person who's in persona Christi. So, so, but, so but something real does take place. Yeah, something real takes place. And you're right that it's, it would be too easy to just lay in your bed and say, God, I forgive you. But on the other hand, it would also be too hard. And here's what I'm, here's what I mean by that is uh, it's kind of, kind of like working out. I never want to beforehand, but after I've done it, I always feel good and glad that I, that I've done it. The same is true with confession. It's like, uh, do I really need to go? I mean, like, should I really go? Oh, my sins. Do I really need to say this? I was like, I got the, it's, it's the same thing as, as last month, you know, like, and, but then when I go, I'm always glad I went. I'm never, I'm never not glad that I went and I come out with like such a sense of freedom and such a sense of peace and, and, and I feel strengthened to go forward. Like there's just, there, there's such a grace, like the, the, the beauty of the sacraments. I mean, the, the, the Catholic high school teacher definition of a sacrament is their, their, their physical, tangible signs that are communicating and expressing this intangible, this invisible grace they they make it so that we can taste and touch and see and hear the things that can't be tasted and touched touched and seen and, and and seen and heard um and so coming out of confession like i can feel the forgiveness and it reminds me of that that uh quote from the end of matthew 11 where he says um come to me you who are weary and are heavy heavy burdened and take my yoke upon you for my yoke is easy and my burden light and I will give you rest. And this idea that like, okay, yes, it's a yoke. It's a burden. It is hard, but it's also easy. And it's a light burden. Yeah. And it's lighter than the other burden you would have been carrying around. Okay. Yeah, like, yeah. like, um, you know, there's, there's a, a Protestant evangelical pastor named Stephen Furtick. And I know some people have some issues with him. He's from Elevation Church. But I listened to a sermon of his one time that was really good. It was called Choose Your Chains. And he's like, there's mm. like, you're, you're going to be enslaved to something, yeah. right? You're going to be, a, you're going to serve something and a man cannot serve two masters. Like yeah. you're going to be chained to your sin or you can be chained to Jesus. So why not choose the easy yoke? And yeah. that's something I try to remind myself of when I'm like, do I need to go to confession? What do you say? Choose your chains? Yeah. Choose your chains. <laughs> yeah choose your That's, chains yeah it's yeah. true yeah he like had a physical chain on stage it was really <laughs> it was interesting so yeah, <laughs> yeah. wow <clears throat> I, I love this line from jesus walks the way kathy and Lee, the i'm just trying to say uh, or uh, i'll start at the beginning i ain't here to argue about his facial features or here to convert atheists into believers i'm just trying to say the way school needs teachers the way kathy and Lee needed regis that's the way i need jesus <laughs> <laughs> That's the only guy. Yeah, well, and I, he he works in like so many little pop culture references. It's so fun. Yeah, yes. Yeah. Uh -huh. That's who he is. He is a pop pop culture king. Mm -hmm. You know, he can get you listening. Um, he'll refer to something that you are, are familiar with, and so. Uh huh. Um, this is another song. Early, early on, all falls down. It's got a cool little guitar riff too. It's like, yeah. Um, when it all falls down, it's got a, a female singer, um, who sings it much better than me, but, uh, the, the, this is the one where he's talking about, like, I'm so insecure. You never see me without one of my watches or I can't even go to the grocery store without a shirt that's clean. Um, but he also talks yeah. about, uh, you know, this, uh, I promise she's so self-conscious. She has no idea what she's doing in college. A major that she majored in don't make no money, but she won't drop out yeah. or her parents won't look at her funny. And like, th this is not stuff. This is not gangster rap, you know? Um, it's talking about stuff that, uh, you know, 
not that there aren't people that can relate to the gangster rap stuff, but there's a, a this is a whole new audience of 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 hip hop that are for hip hop yeah. that people could relate to. Um, and uh, talks about you know she has a she has a kid and she's trying to put herself through college. Um, <laughs> couldn't afford a car, so she named her daughter Alexis. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh my goodness, Kanye. Yeah, yeah. So it's yeah. He's, he's funny too. But it, but he he's talking about um, the last line is um, she's dealing with some issues that you can't believe. She's a single black female addicted to retail. Addicted to retail. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Like the idea, the yeah. idea that so much of a, you know, we're going through these issues and a lot of us see the solution as more stuff, more yeah, stuff, wow. Re- retail therapy. I've even heard people, yep, people call it and go buy something. Um, you know, and that, that's not everybody's temptation. Like I, I think for me, I'm much more tempted by, um, you know, people's approval and, you know, the clicks and the likes, like for me that like, that's, that, that's, that's sure. my, that's my temptation. But I think for some people it really can be the material stuff, you know? Yeah. So, mm-hmm. yeah no, um, gosh, man. Yeah. So just like I said, kind of just the whole conceptualization, like the college dropout theme. I don't know if he woke up one day and was like, okay, so I'm, I kind of do feel like I've let people down by not finishing college, but I know there's a whole bunch of people just like me. Yes, uh-huh. <laughs> and he just targeted that crowd. Names the album has all the college uh, themes, graduation, late registration, mm-hmm. and uh, <laughs> sure enough, it touches on some very like personal things. And like I said, for me, this this stuff is coming out just a year or two after I dropped out, or or a year before I dro- uh, a year after I dropped out mm-hmm. myself. Uh, I did one year up at Benedictine College up in Atchison, Kansas. Nice. It was on a uh, yeah, so and it was. Much smaller campus back then, pl- played football up there, but things just weren't coming together. And then I get back home, you're out of school, you're kind of down and out, but what do you do? You you hit the club, you start buying stuff, and <laughs> you kind of kind of cover the pain a little bit. But uh, So, yeah, he struck a nerve with a lot of people with his concepts, and uh, you just could not deny what he was talking about. So mm-hmm. It's interesting. He also... Um, he, he has kind of some pro-life themes in some of his... Um, in, in some of his raps, and I'm, I'm thinking specifically. So one one of my favorite albums of, of the 2000s was Usher's Confessions, and uh, I don't know if you remember that album, but there's a, oh, there's yeah. there's a remix of Confessions where uh, anyway the, the whole maybe we'll do an, an Usher episode at some point, but there's a the whole theme of the song is Usher's been cheating on his girl. And his his side chick is now pregnant, and he doesn't know what to do about it. And there's a remix that Kanye has a verse on, and. Uh, it's like, uh, see if I can remember. It's like, how did she break it up? How did she break it down? Um, she's at the clinic. Slow down, man. That's your child. But if you keep it, then you got to tell your man you were cheating. And so there's just the idea of, first of all, bringing up abortion in a pop song, but then being like, slow down. That's your child. Like that, that is crazy to hear. In a, in a in a pop song because it's one of those things. That just a lot of people don't talk about. It's it's hushed under the rug. But every yeah. every year when I would I would talk with my seniors about abortion, without fail, every year I would get a note from a girl or a guy being like, "Yeah, I had an abortion my sophomore year," or "Yeah, my girlfriend got an abortion over this year," and um, people are torn up about it. Or, or my mom had an abortion and that was my brother. You know, um, sure, sure. yeah, it's heavy heavy stuff and Kanye's Kanye's talking about it you know yeah yeah and then I don't know if you saw I guess when he was <clears throat> thinking of running for president he he mentioned I guess 
but Kim Kardashian either had one or was going to have one. Mm-hmm. I don't know if you're yeah, aware, but he he mentioned that uh, they either were going to or were not. And then he breaks down crying oh, on wow. stage. So pro, he's definitely a, a, a pro-life guy. Um, but uh, but, you know, it goes deeper than abortion. Right. Yeah, for sure. For sure. Yeah. <laughs> so. But uh, but yeah, you're right though. So, but who who else would have that ability to in a mainstream pop song to slide that in there? Mm-hmm. And then what happens is, see, Kanye's a type of artist, like I said, a, just a great lyricist. Where every time you listen to the song, you hear something else, and there's something else that'll jump out at you, grab you. Uh, when you mentioned the show to me, I started going through some of the songs again, and there were way there were new things jumping out left and right, and mm-hmm. things that I couldn't believe I missed. You know, and that's what made me once, as you mentioned, this whole show will give you a greater appreciation for who he is and and what God's doing through him. Let's just say that. Right. So because perhaps at some point, yeah, someone's Mm going to hear those lyrics, that song you just mentioned, that that remix, and they're going to realize, okay, I think I know what I need to do Mm -hmm. uh, because that is my child or so. Yeah. And, uh, you know, I've I've focused here. His last couple albums specifically have gotten even more Christian. You know, he did um, God is King. He did a whole gospel album. Um, and there's some good stuff uh, on that. That one of my favorite songs called God is. Um, and I have I didn't want to focus on that stuff um, so specifically. If you're interested in that, I, I, uh, listeners, I recommend it. So uh, Edmund Mitchell runs a podcast called The Show. And, uh, and a couple of years back, he did a whole episode um, on uh, the the Kanye gospel album. So I highly recommend that, but I didn't want to focus on that for this because it's like, that's where God is obvious, right? God is yeah, obviously yeah. in those praise songs and he, like his most popular song right now is called praise God. You know, we gonna praise our way out the grave yeah. dog, living, yeah. speaking, you know, walking out the graveyard back to life. Yeah, man. <laughs> you know, so, um, and it's on TikTok and everything. So I think, it's obvious where God is in those songs, but for me, what's, what's in some ways more compelling and I think it's harder for people to recognize is when he's just talking about life. He's talking about the single mom. He's talking about himself dropping out of college. He's talking about, you know, the, the sinners, drug dealers, Jesus walked for them. You know, like those, those, those are the songs where, um, it speaks to me, even, even like his song, good life with T pain. Um, you know, I'm living the good life better than the life I live when I thought I was going to go crazy. And now my grandmama ain't the only girl calling me baby. <laughs> like, like on the one hand, that's like really funny. But on the other hand, it's, it's like this idea that, man, there were times in my life I was going through and they were so hard and like things are finally going good for once. Like I love just seeing that part of the journey. And, uh, you know, I, yeah. So that's one of the things I love about Kanye is he's not afraid to let us into what's going on, even when it's crazy. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, he's got a, a real vulnerability. So, and that's that's something I think I think that we can we can learn. Um, there's that parable of the two men who walked into the synagogue to pray or up to the temple to pray, and the one, the Pharisee stood apart and said, Oh Lord, I thank thee that I'm not like the, you know, that tax collector, I tithe and all that. And then it says, but the tax collector would not even raise his eyes to the Lord in heaven, but said, Jesus or uh, is Lord have mercy on me, a sinner. And it is that man that went away justified, not the other. And like, I think as crazy as Kanye is and as messed up as some of the stuff he says and does is like, there's a real holiness there. There's a real sure. vulnerability, you know, um, 
anyway, so that's what I that's what I love about. Yeah, that. no, it's deep stuff. Yeah, and it's funny because yeah, the second you find yourself close to judging the man, you realize, okay, well, I can't do that. Mm-hmm. <laughs> he's, he's having a spiritual moment. He's having yeah. a whatever moment, a mental health moment, whatever you want to call yeah. it. But but it's like, man, you've got to stop short of 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 of, of casting judgment on a Kanye West. So mm-hmm. even though he can say the words, it'll get you thinking, get you upset, mm-hmm. get you confused. Get your party in, dancing. Like I said, he can evoke all those emotions, and uh-huh. that's what makes him great. The man is—he's—he's uh, he's something else. So I just hope his his the whole story ends well for him, right? Yeah, me you know, too. Like, me too. Yeah, I, know, I, so. I, pr- I pray for him. I—I—I I, I don't know. Maybe this is weird, but I—but I pray for the 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 artist that I really like. Like I spent a long time praying for Eminem's conversion, and I like oh. um, I like I like you know he was going through rehab and stuff, and I like to think that in some small ways, like my prayers like helped him through that time when he was like yeah. addicted to pills and stuff. So you know, I I, I pray for Kanye too. <laughs> Yeah, that's awesome. Yeah. No, yeah, no, poor guy. You know, watch him go through his uh, divorce, very public situation. Yeah. Uh, it is, that is kind of painful, like uh, for anyone who actually genuinely cares about people, especially someone who makes good music. It's like, yeah. gosh, you don't want to see him go through that stuff. But then you got some other people, let's talk about it. Some other people who will say, no, now the fire album's coming. Like, he's going to write about that. <laughs> I'm, you know what I'm talking about? Like, the oh, Adele's, man. and everyone's like, oh, Adele's made so much great music because it comes from her pain. Yeah, she just so got she divorced. She needs to go too. through it. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Yeah, so. the, what, I've I've done a couple episodes on on Taylor Swift, and there's a she has this song called Mirror Ball, where it's um you know to make a mirror, it's all this broken glass that's assembled in a beautiful way, and then is like up mm-hmm. on stage shining, and it's like showing you all wow. these little broken pieces of myself, and it's like this cool. is this is yeah, it's a beautiful image, um, and this is what we do to or th- this is what fame does, I guess you could say, to some of these artists. And in some ways, like Kanye, he's a he's a mirror ball. He's all these broken little pieces, and he's trying to shine light, you know, the best yeah. he can. You know, I I always something that I always try to remember is people are either trying their best or they're trying to try their best. <laughs> you know, they might be, they might be failing at doing their best, but they're trying to try their best. And just, I, I feel sure. like Jesus had that, that mercy for people when he met them, that it was always, he always met them where they're at first, you know, and he does call them to repentance. He does call, come, he doesn't leave them where they are. He doesn't leave us where they are. But, um, the, the first step is to just encounter people and see them where they are. So, yeah. yeah. So, John, at the beginning of this episode, I told my listeners that we were going to try to give them some gospel, something applicable for the gospel that when they, they take out their earbuds, when they turn off their phone and they put it down, they would be able to, to see God's love and, and incorporate the gospel into their life. So based on our conversation here, um, let's try to think of a, a one, one, one takeaway for each of us that we can leave our, our listeners with. What's, uh, what, what's on your heart? What struck you that we can leave them with? Um... Never compromise. When it comes to Christ, never compromise. Um, because that's out of everything that Kanye has done. I mean, he's been pretty s- stable when it comes to that. Mm-hmm. Right. And we just kind of see his imperfections. But uh, but we know this is a man who is not going to sell Jesus out for the most part. Right. <laughs> yeah, like, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Not that he's perfect. He's not a saint, you know. Yeah. yeah. But mm-hmm. that's the other cool thing about music is that it captures in time, like, uh, you know, what he's feeling and when. And he said some pretty profound things about Christ um, that, that will forever be on MP3s. And <laughs> but yeah, so just knowing that that message has been pretty consistent for for a, a long time, even if you kind of got to dig through some of the old stuff, just never compromise on Christ. And um, it won't be easy, but just and always return, always return to him. Mm-hmm. 
Yeah, I really like that. Yes, never never compromise, always return to him. It's similar to what I was going to say is I, I love Kanye's vulnerability, his ability to be a mirror, a mirror ball and, and, and shine his light everywhere. Um, we need to be that way with God. Right, mm. like you were saying, go go into the booth, the studio, the studio booth, but especially the the confessional booth, yeah. and like be that transparent with God. You know, there's a um, there's a a saying that you should hide your crazy. You know, don't let the world see your crazy, but with God, like let him see your crazy. Like he can take it, bring it to him. So that, yeah. that that's my takeaway is I'm not gonna hide my crazy <laughs> from God. I'm gonna and uh, yeah. you know maybe 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 this was God poking at my heart. Like it's time to go to confession again. Yeah. <laughs> so maybe that maybe that needs to happen. So all right. So John, like if you if somebody had never listened to Kanye West before and they uh, needed to listen to just a, a few songs. What songs would you say you gotta listen to this? I mean, there's an obvious. Yeah, the J- Jesus walks. Um, let's see here. The you know, heard him say, "Gosh, man, oh, love that, to heard him." Is is that the one with um Adam Levine from Maroon Five? It is. Yes, man. that's a good one. And I don't know if that song can come on anywhere. And it just makes me feel so good. And mm-hmm. and the fact that this man, you know, is a producer and, and does. You know, and it's just like, gosh, man, how did he do that? That's a good song. Have, but, you, ever, um, have you ever heard the Maroon 5 version? I have not. Oh, maybe I have. It's yeah. been a while. Maroon 5 has their own version of that song, and they've actually performed it together a couple songs where they, like, mash okay. up the songs. It's super cool. I'll put it in the show notes for the listeners if you've never heard it, but okay. that's a, that's a great song. Yeah, 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 yeah. I know what I'm going to be doing Sorry. after this. I need to go catch that. Yeah. <laughs> All right. I, yeah. I, I cut you off. Any more? No, that's uh, – and I think just the – there's one more. It was um, Touch the Sky. You know, feeling extra fly for the day I die. Right. Touch the sky. Right. That's that's a good one. (laughs) And it's like, when music makes you feel that good, um, you know, listen to it, start there, and then you'll kind of go through the rest of the stuff. Mm -hmm. Um, uh, so for me, my favorite one we talked about, Can't Tell Me Nothing. I love that one. I love The Good Life with uh, with T-Pain. Uh, off his, yeah. go- his best gospel song, I think, is God Is. And I love Through the Wire, the one that he rapped with his, his mouth wired shut. And uh, Ethan, our producer, was showing me. What's that song, Ethan? What's it called? It's called Lift Yourself. And it's so weird and goofy and funny. The whole song, he's just like... <laughs> Poop diddy scoop, scoop diddy poop poop. It's like oh, yeah. it's so weird. <laughs> yeah, yeah. But it's like I'm Kanye West, and I'm one of the best rappers and producers in the game, and I'm gonna make a song about poop diddy scoop, and <laughs> it's gonna bang. <laughs> so, oh, what a mess! All right, so John, would you uh, would would you pray us out of this? We've talked about a lot of heavy things, a lot of deep things. Would you uh, would you close this in prayer? Sure, sure. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. Amen. <clears throat> Uh, Lord, we are we are human. We are human and we are very faulty. We have many mistakes, many troubles, things that you know that weigh on our heart and on our minds. Uh, Lord, help us continue to use just art uh, and the art of others to, to reflect on you, Lord, because everything that goes on in our life, uh, you use, you can use um, to bring people to you. So we want to pray for our artists. We want to pray for just everyone who is taking in a message from the artists that they may be drawn closer to you. Lord, we love you. Uh, and in your name we pray. Amen. Amen. Name of the Father, Son, Holy Spirit. Amen. John, thank you so much for taking time out of your, your very busy life as a, as, a, as a professional and as a as an artist and as a, a father of nine kids and a, and a husband. And just thanks for all that you're doing in your ministry uh, for the kingdom. And thanks, thanks for your time here. It's been a lot of fun. 
No problem at all. It was my pleasure. All right. And listeners, thank you so much for listening to Pop Culture Catechism. If this show touched you, if you learned something, I would love to ask you for your support. First of all, just share this episode with somebody, either on your social media or somebody who you know is into hip-hop or Kanye or even just somebody you think would appreciate some of the stuff we talked about. That is a huge help for us. If you really want to support us, please go to popculturecatechism.com and become a patron. There are six levels of giving that you can choose from. So whatever fits with your monthly budget or your monthly tithe, it supports everything that goes here on here at Awaken Catholic, the events, all the podcasts. It feeds our families and supports the staff and keeps the lights running. Thank you so much. We can't do it without you patrons. And if you are a patron, you get access to lots of exclusive content, including each episode has a bit of exclusive content. Right after this, John and I are going to talk about some other things going on in hip hop and the Christian hip hop world that we really like. So we're going to talk about that, but that's only in uh, the Awaken app for pop culture catechism patrons. Also in the Awaken app, there's a, it's a free app for anyone. Anyone can download it. It's a, a Christian community that's a little less toxic than maybe some of what you find on uh, tw- Twitter and Facebook and, and other things. Uh, but there's also a Christian prayer library, a Christian music library. And then if you are a patron of a show, there's tons of exclusive stuff from that show. But also right now in uh, Lent 2022, we're doing this whole uh, campaign called Awaken Your Lent with tons of different daily reflections, desert stories, reflections from priests, from uh, Nick De La Torre, who Who's, who's the president uh, from uh, Kevin Jory, who's doing daily saintly reflections. And also I have uh, six talks that I've done throughout the um, the season of Lent on the greatest hits of Catholic spirituality that is only available for patrons that is in the Awaken app. So if you're looking for a way to jumpstart your prayer life, all my talks that I do go in there just for patrons. So thank you especially to our patrons, but thank you to all of our listeners. We love you and we'll see you next time. A special thank you and shout out to all of our patrons who make this show possible, but especially Carl and Melissa Gore, Lisa and Bob Tenney, Stephen, Maggie Hubbard, Rob Smith, and Tom and Emily Comberiati. Thank you so, 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 so much. Right now is the perfect time to become a patron because in Lent 2022, I am giving a six-week lecture series during Lent at a parish nearby where I will be going through the greatest hits of Catholic spirituality. It's kind of a crash course in how to pray in different methods of prayer. So you've been looking for a way to jumpstart your prayer life. If you become a patron, you get access to all of those talks as well as all the other talks I give, plus the exclusive content for each episode. So now is the perfect time to become a patron.